Mood.tv Welcome back, all you tasty beautifuls out there. This week, we got another podcast on as our guests. We've got Portia Nagano and Carolyn Lieberman, and they host a show called What in the Word Podcast. And you may have surmised that it's an etymology show. And so I've been really digging on it, and I particularly enjoyed when they talked about the Muppets. And I didn't know what the portmanteau was, so you better go check it out if you really want to know. And you should, because who doesn't love the Muppets? I mean, Meredith and I watch the Muppet show pretty, pretty regularly. Welcome to the show, Portia and Carolyn. Woo! Hello. Thank you. And we've got the producer <laughs> EJ5000 right here. Here I am. We're recording in the afternoon, so sorry if I sound sober, tired and sober. <laughs> it's a little little different than we're used to, but I'm working on correcting both of those things. So Yeah, we're, we're working at it. Cheers. Nice. And then uh, you will notice almost immediately that we do not have the Greg and Man this week, but we, we miss him. But, you know, he's got a family and he's got a kid and he's got to do, you know, adult stuff of which I know nothing. So uh, we'll miss him. But it's great to have guests. I heard he's on vacation with Ted Cruz. Yeah. Well, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Getting warm. Texas stuff. <laughs> Welcome to the show. And here's here's a little question. It's, it's going to go something like this. I don't know the best way to ask it, but it's something like, are there things or situations that normally people tend to find uncomfortable, but for some reason or, or another, inexplicably or explicably, you are totally at ease or vice versa. Are there things that people like normally are totally comfortable with, but you weirdly are very uncomfortable with? Do you have any sides of any of these coins? Ooh, that's a good question. Mine is a little weird. Oh, I love a little weird. We like that. Heated toilet seats. Oh. Why do people enjoy those? (laughs) I love them. I do not want to think about Another butt. I thought I knew you, Portia. <laughs> it does feel like that, right? No, 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 no. Also, it feels like somebody warmed it up for you. Yes. But is that bad? It's like a little <laughs> bit of love, you know? It could be. I mean, when you get on the subway or something, or when you get on any kind of public transport and the seat is warm, are, are you, do you count your blessings no. or are you disgusted? Disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to imagine shared butt space. Yeah. I know we all do it. I know we all experience that, yep. but something about it just... Weirds me out. Do you feel better about it when it's cold out? I just want it to be ice cold all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you want like no signifying thing that there have been other asses here. Exactly. Just you and you alone are the one, the proprietor of that toilet seat at the time. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with that. I can relate to that. But I also have a lot of like hypochondriac things. So I think that's part of it for me. I'm a little neurotic generally with that kind of a stuff. This whole pandemic is just not for you. Oh, yeah. Warm ass <laughs> seats are now in, in light of the pandemic. It actually makes it much worse. Even Fair enough. Anybody else got something? Mine is shaking hands and mainly because I feel uncomfortable about it. And I know Portia also feels uncomfortable because we both have perpetually sweaty palms. Oh, I see. Mm. It makes us nervous. Always clammy. Yeah, always clammy. And then we get more nervous because they're clammy. So they get re-upped. The clamminess is actually re-upped. Oh, yeah. When you know you have to shake hands. Perpetual clamminess. Exactly. And we both have to like time our rubbing our pants just to like <laughs> wipe the sweat. And then it comes back and it's just, what? 
It's a whole cycle. I love this though, because the look of you rubbing your pants right before the handshake. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I love that. As a, as a sweaty, sweaty man boy, I, I've always done the tissues in the pocket. You just have, and it's, it kind of feels and looks gross. So sneaky. But yeah, you take tissues, keep them in a ball. And then, you know, if you have them in your pocket, you just grip them. <laughs> have you never gotten that, like part of it stuck to your hands though? Yes. And totally, especially if it's like the like more expensive tissues, it's kind of like felty. <laughs> so it leaves that like felty yep. feeling, which yep. is not good either either but also i feel like in the winter the drier it is outside the sweatier my hands are which right? is weird but yes. in the summertime when it's i'm hot i don't sweat from the hands as much i sweat from everywhere else from the body wow but thankfully i don't shake with my back because that would be gross and weird so or should we now that's too close or super interesting however have you ever inadvertently put toilet paper in someone's hand when just like just handing them a wad <laughs> like here th this is for you yeah like it came with you because you were you were so very clammy that, that it, it came with you to the handshake thankfully not yet not yet but uh, anything's possible yeah not yet well now i'm not trying that <laughs> tissue trick never does it ever pill in your hand though right uh, does a tissue pill and then a you... little bit yeah. yeah a little bit you know it can um, you're bringing pieces to the party exactly and you know i I don't know if you're if you're like a, a hanky man, hanky woman. You got to make sure that you're not using that tissue for hanky purposes because then you're just shaking boogers, you know? Oh, no, that's disgusting. That's worse than a warm toilet seat. But unless you don't like them, then, you know, like maybe it's a little bit of power move. Like, hey, I used my boogie tissue. Nice to meet you. Now you got my boogs on you. I have I'm in position of power now. It's not a bad thing. Like the like the chef spit in the food. Yeah, or to to reference uh what was it? Mall rats, the the whole ass pennies thing. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> In a minute since I've seen mall rats. Yeah. So that's, you know, these are weird power moves that can be effective. I did not know about this at all though. So we're learning something new about our own co-hosts here. Like I didn't know you just had when you when you go to a place in which you know you have to shake people's hands, you stuff you pad your pockets. This was this was certainly a thing of the past. It was like whenever I was blazer EJ, you know, like in college, was wearing like bucket hats and blazers and t-shirts all the time. That's a look. <laughs> Toilet paper in the pockets, always. Definitely had tissues in both pockets there. But now, like, I wear a leather jacket EJ, and so I'm sweaty anyway. And it's just like, you know, I look like a loogie. Yeah. If you're gonna shake my hand, it's on you. Like, we're good here. I love it. So you've lived up to it. You're fully embracing the sweaty palms. Yeah, I'm good with it now. I get it, you know. All right. It's fine. We'll get there. But I do, I, do, I can see, I can empathize or synthesize. Synth I can synthesize. <laughs> yeah, you can. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> uh, by now you can't even hold on to somebody's hand. It's so clammy. When you shake it, it just slides right out. That's right. But that's how you know you found, like, the love of your life because they'll hold on to your hand. <laughs> your hand sticks. Yeah. Just sort of melds with with yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't have the clammy thing, but I do worry sometimes about handshakes because I feel as though there's a lot of baggage placed on how one shakes somebody's hand. So whenever I enter into a handshake scenario, I'm always thinking about how they're going to perceive my style of handshake. <laughs> and, and, and I'm always worried about how they're going to do their handshake. For instance, if somebody extends their hand towards you and they do it with their palm totally facing down, like their hand is straight up like this, I always, I, I, it puts me in a weird position because I feel like I have to correct their hand 
So you're doing a normal handshake, but I think I'm just overthinking handshakes. That could be. Oh, you don't grab the hand, kiss it, and do like a little, <laughs> a little bow, <laughs> a little curtsy. Isn't everyone? Exactly. I feel like that. I feel like this is what they're expecting. Like there's a condescension I feel about. Madame. Yes, doing the hand that way. Then I'm like, I'm not going to kiss your hand. So then I have to actually correct the hand too. And so I have to like lean into the handshake and move the hand in order to feel as though we're on equal ground here and that I'm not going to kiss the hand. But this is probably all a little much. But anyways, whenever I enter into a handshake, I am thinking about that kind of stuff. Oh, Anthony, if I may, I know we've told this this story on the show before, but I just had to tell this story. So back pre-COVID days when I was living in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, uh, (laughs) Anthony and I went to the Russian club and we're just drinking our faces off for three dollars or whatever it was. And some guy who is probably 20, 30 years our senior comes up to the table where Anthony and I are sitting throws three crumpled up dollar bills at the table and says, play some music on the jukebox. I want to hear Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin, an asshole. And I'm like, I'll take the cue. I'm going to grab the money. Anthony likes to talk to strangers. This is on him. I take the money, run to the jukebox. Then the guy, now this is where you come in with your handshake. So this guy pulled a power move, right? Big move. I think he wanted to size me up, but with his hands, So what he did was he tried to give me a handshake, but he immediately started squeezing it down. But what he didn't know about me is the only thing that's strong on my body is my hands because I'm a pianist. These are the only muscles I continually work out. So I was able to kind of crush this old man's hand, but he was deeply into it, weirdly. And then he told me he wanted to hire me for construction. He he thought I would be. Yeah, he thought I was a construction boy. And I said, "Okay, I've never felt so rugged. And actually, it it turned out to be kind of edifying. Yeah. So the guy was doing a big power play. But anyways, it's one of those things where I didn't know. It's always bizarre entering into a handshake. I feel like you do learn a lot about somebody with a handshake. But I think about that, too, as I enter into the bargain. And it makes me a little nervous. Maybe I need toilet paper in my pockets. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely overthink handshakes as well. Well, not because of the sweat, but. Have you ever had when someone like grabs your hand too soon? Absolutely. And then it's just the fingertips. And then you're like, I have a better handshake behind this. I promise. Absolutely. And it's not, it's terrible. I love the overreach when you get caught on the thumb because you're a little too far back. And suddenly it's like, you're almost doing a little thumb war. That's, that's kind of fun too. Oh yes. We gotta go back to like the Robin Hood way where you're just like, you're aiming for the forearm. So you just like double forearm it. Oh, I like that. It's a big meaty thing to grab. Then you're not touching the thing that touches things too. It's a little bit more cleanly. I feel like a badass when it's like, huzzah. <laughs> yeah, right, huzzah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really odd that we're talking about this because I had a dream literally just two nights ago in which Mike Tyson and I had a secret handshake. Don't know why. Do you not? Oh, yeah, how'd it go? <laughs> well, yeah. Can you demonstrate? Can you make it unsecret? No, because we were trying to come up with it uh, and the dream was interrupted. So we never came up with it. Oh. But the idea is that I was waiting on some kind of a line in a hotel lobby and Mike Tyson comes down and I assume that we have some kind of secret handshake, I think unbeknownst to him. So I'm trying to act out the secret handshake and he's a little confused. And then I wake up. But it would be interesting if I did have a secret handshake with Mike Tyson. Anyways. What a bizarre happenstance that we happen to be talking about handshakes. Fate again. He just wanted you for your strong construction hands. <laughs> yeah, turns out I've got rugged hands. He was like, that guy. I need to insure these babies. I never really thought of it that way. All right, EJ, do you have a particular thing? Yeah, yeah, I kind of got like a lame one. It's where I should be uncomfortable. At least I think most people are. And it would be like the performing arts. Like, uh, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but I always feel very comfortable on a stage 
performing no matter what kind of thing whether it's like uh, when it was i was a kid doing chorus or theater or like now you know performing in whatever type of music and i like it because there's set rules there's expectations that are very clear i don't have to be nervous that the crowd's not going to like me because they're there to have a good time and i'm there to, to to do what i'm there to do so i always find comfort in that so i always think it's funny whenever people be like oh it's so nerve-wracking i could never do that um, but where I get nervous is like the second I come off stage and now I have to have a one-to-one conversation with somebody. It's like, I don't know what those rules are. You're going to give me a compliment or you're not. And then I'm going to have to figure out how I'm supposed to take it. If it's genuine, um, it's always like a weird thing too. Cause some of some, like a lot of people will feel awkward talking to someone who just performed. And so they'll do that whole negging thing, you know, uh, where they'd be like, that was good. But you know, and then you're like, how am I supposed to react? Because I was actually trying. And now like, I realize that you're uncomfortable, but you're making me uncomfortable. And I'm supposed to be like, uh, way to stand there. Like, you know, so I feel the stage is safe. Performing is safe. And I feel like everywhere else is not. And so that's a place that I think that people might have the reverse feeling for, for in most instances. That's so interesting. We are exact opposites. We are so... I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. With the exception of piano. I got to say, Anthony, performing on the piano is nerve-wracking, but I could... I know, agree with you. Guitar, bass, drums, singing, whatever, but piano, is just, there's a lot of keys. A lot of keys. I want that. You want you want to perform on the piano? I, no, I... Well, you, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, gotcha. <laughs> I want the fearlessness of the stage, the spotlight, but I do not have that. Me too. But also, had someone really told you that, like, eh, could have been better? It's very common where it's like, because I feel like people don't realize that they're there to see a performance by a performer or an artist or whatever. I've got air quotes like crazy. So everybody knows that I realize I'm talking like a douche, but there's a certain expectation that you are something other than a person. You're, you're a product almost. And so then when you're talking to someone, they don't think that you're normal, like that you're just a person. And so they are nervous themselves. So they'll often say bonker shit <laughs> that to make themselves feel comfortable too. Cause like they're kind of on the spot now, you know, they want to impress you. They don't want to seem like, like too fan, too fanatic because then they seem uncool to themselves to you. So yeah, they'll often, they'll often say stuff like, Oh, or, you know, that's cool. But I could have done better or like cool guitar. Mine's better. Or, Oh my, my, my girlfriend likes your band. Ouch. <laughs> Just like, so it's, you it very rarely get a genuine compliment and it's not at the fault of the person. It's not because they're trying to be mean. It's just because they feel awkward too, you know, in that position, which then makes me feel infinitely more awkward. Cause it's like, when I was up there, this was fine. But now that I'm down here, I got to be like, how's the weather? Where do we go from here? What do I say now? You know, that's the nature though. I mean, we've, we've definitely talked about this kind of stuff before, but sure, I mean, it's sure. true. That's the nature. It's, it's a parasocial relationship. When somebody knows who you are and you have no idea who they are, it's always a little bit weird because there's this weird thing where they have this fantasy of you, whether it's a good fantasy or a bad fantasy, but they kind of put you in a box in their head and then suddenly you meet the real person and suddenly they might not correspond. And it's always just, it's always bizarre. Like, yeah, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, but it's funny. It's just funny being around people that do perform and are used to that kind of thing, but you can't, it's very difficult to have a genuine conversation when that is at play. That's so interesting. Oh, especially in that moment. So the stage is like a buffer for you. Yeah, the rules are there. The rules are are, are set. So it's like, you know, I'm here to do this job and you're there to do that job. And 
it's just very clear. It's not like in the middle of a set, someone would like walk down and be like, how's your day? You know, like that's not going to happen. Like and the, the rule is I'm going to do this thing and then you're going to watch and then you're going to clap. And if you don't like it, maybe you won't as much. You know, it, the, 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 the play is already set for everybody involved whenever you're going to see something like that or even like even sports, whatever, you know, like this is your job here this is my job here. Those are the rules. It's totally cool. Um, but then, yeah, once you once you like start acting like people again, then it's like the Wild West. You know, you got to like talk and stuff and feelings there's, or whatever. It's- there's something I will agree, though, that there's something really meditative about performing. I think like when I was doing Bright, because of how Bright Star was on stage, it was the band was on stage in this little house that moved around the stage at the court theater. And it was interesting because sitting at the piano when I was conducting, uh, it, it became the only time when no one could talk to me. There was not a world in which someone could talk to me. That's the only time I had that in my entire life, really, bar perhaps the shower. But that's it. And so there, there was something nice once I got over my usual nerves of performing, of which I have many. But when I got past that, there is something that can be really nice about like, nobody can fucking talk to me right now. I'm just here doing my thing. And that's beautiful. That's something I don't think we have these days where you focus on one thing at all. There's no way. Right. Yeah. Amen. The one time I could think of is when I was first chair viola in sixth grade. So, you know. Nice. Nailing it. It, You know, you know, that's how I do. I love first chair viola. That's my fave. Thank you. You have the coolest cleft to read from. I know. The coolest, right? Everything's cool about the viola. Yeah, that lasted a a year. So (laughs) it's really cool. Yeah. Carolyn was such a cool kid, though. Like you, I mean, you played lacrosse. Wow. Later days. Yeah, those are cool. (laughs) And then your taekwondo days. Oh, man. Even then I was really nervous, though. But you did it, though. I did. But yeah, every time nervous, it was always a stage and I hated it. (laughs) Did you compete? I did. International. I hated it every time. Holy shit. That's amazing, though. I mean, yeah, but it's stressful. I mean, playing the piano is what I've done my whole life. But performing is always stressful and it always will be stressful until I've done the show. That's why, thank God, I do theater, because once you do a few performances, you're just like over it. And the best that can happen is you're just on some other planet and the show is happening around you. And you're kind of you just know how it goes, Pat. And that's nice. If I will not to get dark either, but that's why I don't know if everybody remembers a few years back, there was a a guy named Dimebag Daryl. He was a guitar player, famously in the band Pantera. But during this, it was that band broke up and he was performing with his new band and he was famously murdered on stage. He was shot on stage. Holy shit. And it was a big deal because it's one of the first times that those rules were broken. Like, and this was a person who was a fan of his old band. Wow. Who was just like, I can't believe that the old band broke up. I just love that old band so much that he was shot on stage, which is not the way it's supposed to happen. You know, it's awful. Murder is murder, right? It's not any more awful because it was on stage, but it kind of is. It kind of is because those rules are different. It became like a live performance almost. It's nuts. Yeah, it's a spectacle. It's like Tiny Tim died on stage too with his ukulele. Did he? Died of a heart attack on stage. Oh, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) But although there, it's kind of charming in a way. But you're laughing at that (laughs) one. (laughs) I mean, it just seems like that's how Tiny Tim should go. I guess that sounds evil, but it's just like that's something about that's kind of perfect. But murdered on stage, not so oh, good. Man. But yeah, so like, again, those, that's, I think that's even more like the how how that hits different is interesting because those rules are there. It's like we don't do that because you're there to be entertained and this is just how it goes. Everybody ends and everybody walks away. Sometimes there's an encore. So it's just so interesting how we've all kind of bought into that. The fact that performance, whether, you know, whether it's Taekwondo or sports or whatever, it's like 
that person's doing a thing. We're here to give them the attention and let them do their thing. Like we all buy into spectating versus performance. I think it's and and that's why I've bought into that and being like, I feel safe there because I know what the rules are. I don't always know what the rules are on the other side of that. So yeah, you definitely shouldn't murder those people. That's for sure. <laughs> we can all can all agree on that. Fuck Tiny Tim. Notice. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Tiny Tim, but he died of a heart attack. He did it to himself. Life lessons. <laughs> I was just thinking of the opposite where I feel quite comfortable like eating a meal in a restaurant by myself and yes. no one talking to me. Is that normal? I do too. No, I'm right there. I'm yeah, right I'm there. there with you. I'm I, there. I kind of like the, I like feeling like I'm around people, but there's no obligation to talk to them sometimes. Exactly. Yes. You get the energy without, but I, I think that people do feel uncomfortable yep. by that. It's certainly like, that's a thing where it's like, oh, they're eating alone. And you're like, yeah, that's awesome. I like, I like, I used to go to see movies by myself too, because people are like, how can you do that? I'm like, I'm not talking to somebody through the movie. I'm watching the movie. So, but people think that's weird. Well, actually, this is a weird thing because we're, okay, now I've got all kinds of contradictions in my head because weirdly, I will not go to a movie alone. I can't go to a movie alone, oh. but I would go see a musical or a play alone. Fine with that. Movies, I can't go alone, despite the fact that I do not like when like if I'm with somebody that wants to talk to me as things are unfolding on screen, I do not like that at all. So despite the fact that I explicitly don't want them to talk to me, I don't like to go alone to the movies. Weird. Oh, when people when you go to the movies with someone and then they turn to you and they go, did you see that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm that person. Really? Did you just see that? That's so cool. <laughs> Wait, do you do you do that when you go to the movies? Do you talk to your neighbor? Your, your... I'm like I'm a nudger. Oh, like, nudger. Okay. Look, look, look. look. Oh, look. nudging's a little different though. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. Yeah, I feel like a nudge is more like we're in this together. It's more visceral. Fair enough. Yes. But to, to be like, be like, let's talk about it. It just seems <laughs> never a loud whisper. No, no, no. Yeah, no, none of that. None of that. Uh, all right, let's take a little break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about this because I feel like I've got all kinds of contradictions in my head now about myself. So this is good. We got me thinking about this. Um, all right, let's take a little break and we'll be right back. Welcome back from that break. We hope you had a good time. We are here with Portia and Carolyn, hosts of What in the Word podcast. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast, how it got started, where it's going, where it's been. <laughs> a sordid tale. Uh, we are two college friends who started an etymology podcast in quarantine. We were both furloughed. So yeah, this has just been a fun chance for us to connect, 
learn about different words and the different histories that they carry. Sometimes we do full words like quarantine. That was our very first word. And then other weeks we have shorts where we cover slang and we sound so uncool. <laughs> um, and then uh, portmanteaus, which I had to Google the first time I heard that. So kind of embarrassing. But yeah, that's my favorite mushroom. I always like wombo. 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 Oh, what is that? Like word combo. It's oh. my favorite way of saying portmanteau without saying portmanteau. I like that. I like that. Wombo. Huh. <laughs> Wombo. Anyway, side note. Do you guys have a favorite word that you've done? Oh, favorite word. Oh, I should have thought about this. <laughs> I think salt is one of my favorite. What's interesting about salt? Is there something that you discovered that was a real, you, you got taken aback? Mainly that it was just old money. People used to trade in salt and I for some reason missed that part in history class. So that was fun. Yeah, they don't teach you about that. None of the fun stuff. They don't teach you about the salt. I don't remember learning about the salt. Right. Nor the pepper. I don't even know what they teach anymore. How do you decide what's history anymore? That's a whole other conversation. I don't even know. There's too much going on. Is 2020 going to be history in the history books like next year? Oh, right. Yeah. Hard to say. When does it make it into the history book? I'm dying to know. know. Is in the history book now just a saying because there's no more books, period? Aren't there though? Oh, yeah. Do kids have Kindles? Yeah, in Texas, they print out. Yeah, it's it's mostly Internet stuff. Yeah, a lot of Internet stuff. They're printing books somewhere for some reason, but that's true, I guess. I'm sure the reading community has dwindled a little bit. That's sad. Anyways, not to be too sad. I love the word salt. Great word. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it. (laughs) Great word. Great history. Bringing it back. And so we can check out your podcast anywhere. The podcast can be listened to, I assume. We'll have links in our episode notes, so you can check that out on moot.tv, and we'll go over this at the end. But Anthony... Where were we? Okay. Okay. To get back on track, I have so many things rattling around the old dust cage now that that are both for uh, pro-uncomfortableness and anti-uncomfortableness. I'm going to start because I was so, EJ, when you said that, it's so interesting because we are so, we are complete opposites. Because when I'm on stage, often, especially if it's a one-off event, if I'm hired to play piano just for this one evening, the amount of stress that I incur is absolutely bonkers. And I just, I live in fear that it's all going to be a shit show. I'm never concerned so much about the audience. And in some ways, I'll, I do all kinds of weird things, but I'll like choose people in the audience to like look at, to see them having fun, because then I feel more grounded about what I'm doing. But if I worry about the performers, I live in fear that my whole thing is I'm just going to let down everyone around me. Hmm. This is my neuroses always with performing. However, backstage, delighted to talk to everybody. I can't get enough of talking to people. And I think this is part of the reason like that the podcast appeals to me so much. But I think my weird thing to boil it down even more would be something like uh, like even the concept of a first date, even if it's not even if it's not like you're dating to be romantic, but just meeting somebody for the first time. I love it. I've always loved it. It does not it it doesn't phase me at all. And I really, really enjoy it. But I feel like there's a lot of people I think, EJ, that's not uncommon at all that people are nervous about about meeting new people and wondering what they're wondering. And there's a lot of things that go on there. But I don't know. For some reason, that's just never bothered me. Like, I I really enjoy it. So I think that's my thing that I'm fine with. I'm with you with the piano, though, I guess as a performer, when I am stressed out, it's because of that instrument. And not to like get too inside baseball, but again, it's like 
you have to memorize a lot more stuff. All the other instruments are pattern based. Like if I'm playing guitar, I know I do this shape, I move it. Okay, I'm wrong. I slide it up. Everybody thinks I'm doing a solo or I'm playing bass. Nobody even knows what the bass is. So like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Drums. Okay. Boom, boom, bap. I'm cool. But piano it feels very exposed. And like, if you get off, you can be off for minutes until you get your, your bearing again. You know, it's not like you can simply, oh, yeah, you can fuck it right up. Yeah. So like, I, I'm with you on that. Um, so I, they, I was gonna, I was saying yesterday, uh, one of the most anxiety-ridden performances I ever did was uh, whenever we were twelve and played the entertainer for the ch- the church because I was taking piano. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the most anxiety I've ever had playing. It was a solo piano thing. It's not again. It was fine. I screwed up a billion times and it didn't matter. And you know, but that that is a very uh, intimidating instrument. It's horrifying. I always <laughs> there's this old New Yorker cartoon where there's an elephant. Right. The elephant's wearing a little tie and he's sitting at a piano and he looks out at the audience and he goes, who's ready to hear a bunch of adjacent notes played next to each other? And and I always feel like this is this could be my life whenever I enter into a performance on the piano, because just, you know, there's not a lot of room on those keys. You got a lot of room for error to hit wrong notes. And so I've always just lived in fear of the wrong note. And I'm always so envious of people that. Don't give a shit at all. Like like my old roommate is a woodwind doubler, plays a bunch of Broadway shows. Um, and he what he will casually look at the music like the night before the performance. Uh, I, I just I cannot fathom it. I do. I, I, don't, I do not relate to that at all. Uh, however, the reason that I continue to get gigs, I think, is because of the person side. Like I, I enjoy being in the room with people. I enjoy creating shows. It's also why I feel a little bit, my heart is more in the author side of things. Like I like creating things and not having to play the piano. My goal would be to never have to play the piano. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be the absolute goal. But anyways, yeah, oddly, that's, that's the thing that I'm fine with to get back to the conversation. Here's a weird thing though. And this is very random, but when we talked about the heated toilet seats, we're going back a ways now. But my weird thing, a little bit removed from that, but in the same ballpark, I have terrible fears. I have terrible stage fright for peeing in public. Oh, oh, nervous peer. If I'm peeing in a restroom and somebody enters the restroom, it's like some Navy SEAL tied a million knots in the hose and I cannot good pee. It just stops. Yeah, those are good knots. And I cannot pee at all. I have terrible, terrible stage fright for peeing. I don't know why. What about if you're camping and then you know for a fact no one's going to roll up on you while you're... Anthony's never camped. Ooh, like if it's just, <laughs> if it's just the trees and I? Like yeah. Like the trees and I are hanging out. You know, if it's just the trees and I, then I, I mean, I guess I feel bad for the tree that's receiving the pee, but the tree doesn't worry about it. So I don't worry about it either. That's fine. But I think if somebody's around, like if I hear sidling, I mean, especially if I'm camping, actually, if I hear rummaging in the bushes near me, if rustling happens, that pee will be even faster, I think, than a public toilet situation. That would be terrifying. Does it help if they're in a stall or is it just well, here's the thing? I only pee in stalls. I've already <laughs> foregone the urinal. I cannot pee in a urinal. There's not a world in, in which I will pee in a urinal unless it's a dire emergency. And it's always the worst. That's like if you're online at some kind of event or arena and there's shit tons of people lining up at the urinal. It's my nightmare scenario where I have to sidle up to the trough. And then I'm like, I'm thinking about what they're thinking about behind me. And am I taking too long? Is this the right amount? Do I have a good flow? Is my flow bad? What are they thinking about the flow? It's like clenching his butt. Yes. These are all thoughts that I literally have. And so it's forced me to only be in the stall. But weirdly, while I'm peeing in the stall, even if somebody comes in and I can't be seen by anybody and I'm totally anonymous, 
it will stop. I will, it will be tied right up and I will not be able to pee almost until they leave. It's really, it's pretty bad. When did this start, Anthony? Again, I've told this story on the show, but I remember first grade, again, this is when we met, and this little boys, we had, they had these amazing urinals. Yeah, I'm saying it. Amazing. They're the floor to the ceiling urinals. It's to the Cadillac of urinals. They are. They're the ones that <laughs> floor like. Floor to ceiling. They, well, they, they're not, maybe not the ceiling. Floor but the ceiling. Ceiling, <laughs> damn. I've never seen one of them. We were outside. It was a treat. No, it was just, they, they were, they go into the floor though. And the, I mean, these are like from the, the 20s or something. Because this is an old school and, and it was old school, old school. And, but we were young men, boys at the time. And so it's, it's kind of common though not completely practical so anthony when he would go up to the urinal which you would go up to the urinal at that time would pull his his here we go i dropped trout he dropped all the way all the way down <laughs> and, yeah underwear and pants all the way to his ankles and then he would do it Could which work. you know is, is a comfy. little boy thing to, to do but usually a little bit younger than that nice like to breeze that's confidence though but i was that's gonna ask I had confidence I wish I had the confidence to that these days. Yeah, you were ready to pee. <laughs> exactly. I was raring to go. They made us all pee at the same time at that point, but I remember some of the some of the other boys smacking your your bare bottom. <laughs> so I'm wondering was that the moment? Is that why you you're I wouldn't doubt that at all. Is was that the Oh, maybe when the ascots I don't know, because for some reason like even in when I was in, there's a total side note, but anyways, in college, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned this because I'm just reminded of the story now. But once I, I it was towards my graduating college. And I thought it would be a very good idea to get real hammered before I went and played some voice lessons because I used to play voice lessons to make money in college. And this was very irresponsible, very dumb of me. But anyways, I was getting to almost graduate and I said, fuck it. And I sat around with my buddies and we drank infinite Jack and Cokes, as you do in college. And I saw my advisor, my advisor at a urinal. And I went up to him and I slapped his ass. And I went, what's up, Chuck? <laughs> it's his first name, which I never do. And I slapped his ass, which is so anyways, maybe it's unrelated. Maybe it's like, that's not the problem. Maybe the grabastic bathroom situation is not the problem. I'm not sure what did it for me. But there me. you went up to a urinal. You didn't go in the stall then. Ah. Yeah, I don't know where the change was. Hmm. I don't I'm not entirely sure what the change was exactly, but I live in this horrible fear that like I'm I'm like I'm going to be slowing everybody down or they're going to be judging. I feel like they're judging my flow. No, the trough <laughs> situation is weird. I, I imagine like I wonder if women how, I'm sure they would have a like if you guys had just like a bathtub because that's essentially what we're talking about and you all had to be like okay and you all pee into the same bathtub oh I'm sure that would be kind of weird sounds bizarre I mean when you gotta go you gotta go oh good for you I so wish we could pee standing up oh yeah I mean it's, yeah. yeah it's gotta be dicey I'd love it gotta be a dicey st- maybe camping is this a scenario where you could try it out camping it's gonna run oh, everywhere no. that's so- opposite time to go <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah, it's still going to run everywhere. There's not much you can do. About it's not that. a good time. I am curious, though, how often does it happen where you go up to a urinal and then you have like, let's just say you're the only one in the bathroom and then someone enters and then they go to the urinal right next, right next to, to you. me. Yeah, we've seen the memes <laughs> and they're like, well, he didn't drink enough water today. Yeah, never. Of course, never. But it, wouldn't it be hilarious? Like if somebody came up to me, we were like, oh, weak flow. <laughs> That's a weird yeah. flow. You should work on that. Yeah, right. Never going to happen. But that's like the beauty of neurotic. It's it's you don't know what's going to happen or not going to happen. You build up this whole thing in your head. But no, of course, that's never happened ever. There's no. Here's the extra weird thing. Pooping's fine. 
No problem. Oh. Well, you don't poop in like a stand. They're like it's there's doors though. It's not like you're just pooping into a urinal. What? <laughs> or do you? I know, but even if I even if I'm having a yeah, but even if I'm having a raucous poop, right? It it doesn't bother me at all. That's totally fine. But peeing, absolutely mortified. Wow, interesting. One time, I gotta say, I had an opposite story of Anthony's, or an opposite fear, where I was, uh, we were in East Stroudsburg drinking, getting hammered, and I like, there's a, there's an actual scientific thing, you see, where you can break the seal. Your science voice. Yeah, if you, yeah, it's my science voice. If you wait to pee from that first one, yeah. So the the longer you put off the first pee, the less you're gonna have to pee throughout the night. But once you do pee, you have to pee very frequently. I don't know the science of it, but it is scientifically yeah, sure. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I waited a long ass time and I finally go to the bathroom and it's one of these because men's rooms are great. They're, they, you know, they have couches and, and uh, makeup stations for us. Oh, wait, no, they they usually it's like a, a was supposed to be a closet and they have like five toilets in one little space. So yep. this is one of those places where the toilet was there by itself and the urinal was next to the toilet on the on the sidewall. So like. There's no door, and then the sink was right behind it. So, like, you, you, you know. Yep. So, I was peeing in the urinal, and some guy came behind me to use the toilet to pee. Okay. But I'm, I'm taking my pee, you know, and I, I'm, I'm gotta say, it was pretty long. It was a long pee. Good flow. <laughs> yeah, it's a good flow. Good flow. Yeah. Yeah. Good flow. And long, you know, sixty seconds plus. It was a long one. The guy comes in, he pees, washes his hand on the way out. He was like. Bro, that's like the longest pee I ever heard. <laughs> and then he leaves, and then I go sit back at the table, and then I could see him. He's like down the bar, and he's like, he pointed to to his friends at me, and he was like, <laughs> This guy's got an amazing flow. He was like, That guy peed a lot. And I'm like, Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> so, yes. But I, I gotta say, I didn't feel, I guess I guess it was better than if he said, That, that guy didn't pee a lot. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to go with this, but that happened. So <laughs> it was a trickle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely. I remember one time I was at a, a lot of pee stories. All these are revolving around a lot of drinking. It turns out, but yeah, there turns out there's a lot of pee stories. But I, this is another. This is a time that I had a good flow because I think I was doing the same thing. I was breaking the initial seal, but what I was was a little hammered, and so I was admiring the art in the bathroom. We might have mentioned this on the podcast before, and I was looking because the painting was beyond the scope of my urinal tunnel vision. So I was looking to the left to admire the rest of the painting, and I started pissing all over this man. And he, he, he and he just said, "You're missing, bro." And it was, it was, it was the most genteel way Thank he you. could have possibly handled this because I thought for sure he would fuck me up, and I was just. All I have is my piano hands, but nothing else. So I don't think it would have gone well if he had gotten angry. But he just said, you're missing, bro. And I always thought, what a blessing. This guy is so nice. Because I pissed all over his pants and shoes. Oh, that's bad. That's very good. It's not fair. We don't have those fun urinal stories. Uh, although, I mean, if you if you did, though, there would probably be plenty of that kind of stuff to go around. Maybe you should start a movement. There we go. But also think about how many people are burned into your memory like revolving these stories and then think about how many people think of you <laughs> in their peace stories. This guy pissed on me. <laughs> like that one guy. Yes. I'm sure he tells people all the time. This guy peed all over me. Yes. Yes. This is his biggest trial probably. And he held it. He held it together and he was very nice about it. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sad. I'm sorry for the, for the ladies that there's not, there's not the equivalent of having those experiences. They always show in television, though, it's like the asking for the toilet paper. And then like there's famously a Seinfeld episode where 
uh, Elaine needs toilet oh, paper right. and doesn't get. Yeah. So do, have you guys had any issues like that where it's like, oh, yeah. What's the communal bonding scenario for for women in the restroom? We reach under and we hold hands. We're going to yeah, get yeah. through this. Strong handshakes. Strong handshakes. Yeah. You don't overshoot. You don't undershoot. Yeah. We pee together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you pee. You pee right together. Yeah. You're like three, two, one. Flow. Yeah. <laughs> but it only exists in the toilet. Yes. Or in the bathroom. Right. In the bathroom. Right. And once you leave, you're not friends anymore. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You pretend yeah. to not even know each other. You're not telling stories about each other like EJ at the bar <laughs> no. about the, the longness or the shortness of it. No. You try to get it all out at the same time, too. I assume that the end of the pee is also at the same time. We try. And then you count down your flush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even the flush. How do you all feel about bathroom attendance? Oh, I've talked a lot about, we've talked about bathroom attendants on this show. I love the bathroom <laughs> attendants. I mean, hard to pee with them there. Hard to pee. Aww. That's a personal problem for me. I have, yeah, like Anthony, I have probably at a time gone in and then it'd be like just the bathroom attendant and not been able to pee. And then you're just like, okay. And then you, you know, spray the $5 cologne because you have to leave a tip or whatever. Or it, it ends up being $5 worth of cologne, I mean, because you have to leave a tip and then, you, yeah. And then you come back in later and then you feel bad because you really had to pee because you didn't pee the first time or maybe that one time. It was a, it was a weird time. Yeah. How about y'all? Well, I always feel bad because I never have cash. Mm. So how am I supposed to tip? Yeah, right. And then can you just leave? Because I, I don't have money. Exactly. Please don't give me that towel. I, and then do you have a little fight about the fact that they try to hand you the paper towels, but if you have no money to pay for them, you're like, I'll get my own paper towels. Mm. Exactly. It's tricky. It's a dicey scenario. Or when they only hand you a little bit of toilet paper. Oh, I'm like, wait. I don't. Wait a minute. The attendant. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Wait, the toilet paper. They're being your feet. They're feeding you the toilet paper as you need it. No, I went to this one. I think it was like a bar or club in college, and there was a bathroom attendant, and there wasn't a roll of toilet paper in the stall. Whoa! So I went back out, and she goes, "Oh, you need toilet paper?" And I said, "Yes." Oh my so god! So then she unrolls maybe three squares. Wow! I'm like. I Okay, I hope this is enough. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> just go in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. What do you, do you just say? This isn't going to be enough. <laughs> and then she just, she, I mean, she had her mint, she had her like everything. But then you get your three squares of toilet paper. They were on a budget. That's a, the bathroom mafia. That's a racket. Oh, no. So there's there's some poor woman that night that had explosive diarrhea. And, <laughs> yeah. And she's, and she's like waiting for this toilet paper to be given to her. That's got to be the absolute worst scenario of that's. It's up there. That's not great. That's not a great scene. What they had going on there. That's quite a racket that they had going on there. It turns out for sure. But I like the attendant. I appreciate the. I like the attendant because they're a bit of a coach. You know, you can talk like sometimes they'll want to engage you about how things are going, you know, just things. And it's kind of nice, actually. You go, things aren't great. <laughs> and you can talk about it a little bit. It's like the bathroom bartender. Yes, it's very much. Exactly. It's like a bonus bartender. I like that idea, even though I don't like that idea. But I do like that idea. Kind of gross, but. That'd be nice at the same time. But I know I think that's how they are often. I think they're 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 there for you, you know, like the same way a bartender is. Yeah, but like actually if they were a bartender though, I would say if I get a, oh, like, a, a bathroom beer, that'd be kind <laughs> like of sweet, you know, kind of gross. No. <laughs> what? Nope. But also, yeah, I mean, that's gross, but also they have those like pool bars where there's people like sitting in the waist deep water while they're drinking and like that's 
practically a bathroom bar too, isn't it? You're like, what are you, people aren't getting up to go to the bathroom. I don't know. Do you piss in pools? What, do you pee in yeah. them? Yeah. I've never been to one of them because I'm a poor person. To a pool? But I imagine that those rich, those rich people are peeing in that pool. You don't piss in pools, do you? <laughs> From the outside. From the outside. Let's bring it back around. How about the ocean? Do you pee in the ocean? When you go for a swim, do you pee in the ocean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to get warm. I can't do it. <gasps> I can't do it. Oh. And there's, there's fish that... Do you think the fish get out of the water to pee? I just, I can't do it. I just, I'm, I, maybe it's part of the pee thing, but I just, I absolutely cannot pee in a swimming scenario. What if the, you were, if you were in a stall in the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> it says Anthony on the top. Now you got your privacy. Could you pee in the ocean then? Yeah. No. I don't, no, no, because I'm still wallowing in it. I think it's a wallowing thing. It's like the warm toilet seat situation. Like when I, when I feel as though I'm in the presence of some 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 filth of some kind, I can't do it. And I think that the peeing is this. It's funny how I have to gesticulate in the middle here with my hands. That's a side note. I feel like I'm doing Chris Farley hands from the 90s. Down by the river. Um, but anyways, I think peeing in the ocean, it's like I just I can't help but feel as though I'm the pee will just follow me. Like I'm just going to wallow in the pee and I'm going to be a pee wallower. I don't know. I can't do it, but everybody else can do it. Have you peed in a wetsuit? No, no, I've never peed in a wetsuit. Because that, that pee follows you. Yeah, that's kept like that. Yeah, it's the worst. Yes, that's like your friend now. I've done it way too many times. But what? Every time. When you get out of the water, <laughs> does piss just fall out of the... How does it work? How do you drain it? It stays in there. Yeah. It stays in there. It yeah. stays in there. And then you take it off and you smell it and you're like, oh, shit. Ooh. I hope no one else smells this. But you do that on purpose, too, right? Isn't yeah. that like, I mean, I've never done yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you get warm. Well, so I like scuba diving yep. and we, we'd go diving for, you know, we'd go out on a boat and you're you're out for like over an hour. And where do you pee? Yeah, sure. In the ocean. And then you get warm and it feels good. And then you just kind of forget about it. And then you go back and, you, and then the other people have to clean it. So it's kind of a power move. Yeah, that's a big power move. I was going to say, is that your suit or is that a rented suit? <laughs> Definitely never my suit. That's a heated toilet seat, by the way. There's other people who peed in that suit. That's the epitome. Epitome. It's true. Peace sterile. That's Peace all right. Sterile. That's all right. <laughs> Here's a question, though. How long does it does it stay warm the whole time? Until it gets cold. Does it get? <laughs> yeah, like how long is it? How long do you are you really getting to luxuriate in it? I think it works for quite a while because like you've got a little bit of water around your body in the suit. So you heat that up and then it just stays kind of warm. Okay. And clearly, clearly it never leaves. If I ever go scuba diving, I'll remember this and I'm going to piss all over myself. Hell, if I go to ice skating, I'm going to do it. I mean, let's just let's get let's normalize this. (laughs) Everywhere. I don't know about that. On the bus. I'm interested. (laughs) Interested to see where you're going. But I guess, or maybe like skiing, what if you're like in a snowsuit? Is it the same thing? Do you stay warm in a snowsuit with the piss? I don't know. I don't think that's how snowsuits work. Not sure. I wouldn't know. I don't know. I do. I don't know anything about the snowsuit. I, uh, I mean, I just have piano hands. I don't do anything outside. (laughs) Piano hands. I'm an insidesman, it turns out. I got, I kind of got one last question for Anthony, if you will, if it's okay. So if you're, we're, we're back outside, which you just said you don't do, which we know, but let's say you are peeing outside. You feel that comfort. You know, you know, nobody's around for a million miles. You're painting on the, your favorite tree. Yes. And but then like in Central Park, but then like some sort of mammal comes up, like a little squirrel and starts eyeballing you. Or maybe a fox, perhaps a fawn. No, I feel I feel weird about it. Like, I feel weird generally. I think that's why, you know, we can talk about this. OK, we'll talk about this another time. But I think generally I do feel weird about it. Like, I think I think about what they're thinking about, despite the fact that there are 
probably don't have the capacity to judge me. Not thinking, you know, but I'm still <laughs> like I'm giving them a little bit more agency than perhaps is their due. But I don't know. I can't help but do that. I have a million follow up questions, but we'll get to that some other time. No, I think we should ask this another time. Maybe you'll come back as guests one day and we'll we'll talk about this Ooh, other question. Happy to answer if that. If you're so inclined, because I think <laughs> I would be very I am always very curious about people, how people are around animals and pets and do they modify themselves at all? But I think that might be for another day. I did want to touch on the fact that EJ, you count how long your peas take because I may do that myself. <laughs> oh, and I think it stems from it stems. Have you ever seen my girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. The one with Macaulay Culkin and they have the peeing contest. Yep. Yeah. What, and then she uses the cup of water. So I'm always trying to break at least 20 seconds. No, 20 is a good amount. I don't usually start timing it until I real like. If I know I'm going past 30 seconds, then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going past 30 seconds. But then how do you know? It's kind of a feel. (laughs) You have an iPhone? You got to start. As a performer, I have very good inert time. And so I'm like, oh, shit, that's a that's a three rush uh, limelights that I'm (laughs) I don't know. No, but you just know when you're like, oh, fuck, just taking a long time. I'm like. And then you start watching the clock and then I kind of kind of give myself a 15 to 30, 20 second buffer. But I think supposedly it's like what 19 seconds is the average time for mammals to pee or something like that, too. It's another scientific fact I picked up. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good, interesting fact. There's an average. Oh, someone has measured every creature pissing. Oh, uh, yeah, there is. There's like there's a certain they came out with it this year or something like that. This year. It was one of those ignoble things. So it was one of the ignoble prizes. They found out that it was like there's an average time. Sounds ignoble. If, uh, for podcast listeners, no such thing as a fish is usually where I hit a lot of my trivia. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite it. podcasts or the uh, the show that's accompanied at QI, which is a lovely show, too. So I would love to be an elf. Yeah, right. That dream job. That's Anthony's making face. That's the name of the researchers on said shows. Got it. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I was Sorry. thinking about like the Santa helper situation. That would be pretty clutch too, though. Yeah. Oh. That would be interesting. Be yeah. interesting. Not bad. Be slave labor for a guy. Yeah. Can you pee in that outfit? In an elf <laughs> outfit just to keep warm? Do you think Santa's ever pissed himself just to be like, I'm going to be here all day? Santa has definitely pissed himself. <laughs> in the boots. <laughs> a good place to end it i think yes. um <laughs> Perfect. so Definitely. uh everybody tune in t- tune into uh what in the word podcast and listen listen to our lovely guest thank you so much thank you for coming on the show thanks for having us thank you for having us that was really fun this has been wonderful it's been an honor it really has been fun i hope you come back and visit one day and we would love if ever you want a guest we would be delighted to come on the show and talk about words yes yes please do you have a favorite word Ooh, I've got words I don't like. Not sure about a favorite. Ooh, we can start with there. Do tell. Do tell. Finger. I hate the word finger. Hate it. Finger. Yeah, it sounds like something that smells bad. Oh. Anyways, we could talk about all this, but I would love to talk about all this. One day, if you had us on your show, I would be delighted. And you're welcome back here anytime. In the interim, everybody else in the audience, dial in at 929-352-6173. Send us your text messages and respond to the things we're talking about or ask questions of your own. We're always delighted to field those. Uh, you can oh another thing we haven't mentioned in a while is you should go to iTunes and leave us a lovely review only good stuff sadly uh, until we get big then you can leave whatever you want but until then good stuff only well five stars and you can talk shit as long as it's five stars five stars <laughs> yes you can give a five star review and then tell us how terrible we are Ooh. absolutely if that's what gets you going 
<laughs> we are all behind you. Uh, and you can send us an email at let me ask you a question podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Insta or Twitter at Lamayak Pod. You can also go to moot.tv, listen to our other podcasts like Kyle Mocha, Won't Shut Up, The Derek D. Dozen by my very own cousin, Derek. And you can also listen to White Wasabi. So you got options. You can go to moot.tv, you can buy all the swag. You can get our faces on T-shirts if you're into that. You can get you can get the party pelican bird with the drink mouth. We love the pelicans. Lots of stuff that you can do on Moot.tv. So where can we find you on the World Wide Web? You can find us at whatinthewordpod at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, whatinthewordpod.com. And we are available to listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and on Instagram at what in the word pod Boom. links will be in the episode notes for this show. You can also find us on Reddit at Lamayak pod. So hit us up over there. Oh, if you'd like to donate to our show, head over to any post on moot.tv. Check on the click on the check or click on the donate button. And then there you can donate to whatever our current donation platform is. Yeah. If you're into filling up your scuba suit with piss, you might want to donate as well. I love it. I got to give me a scuba suit. Give this shit a shit to try. Help me. I'm down. Well, you know, maybe one day this podcast is going to pay for us to be able to do that to ourselves. And I am totally down. Totally down. I want to hold your hand, EJ, while we do it. I want to piss in your scuba suit. <laughs> okay. That's a good oh. really end it. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Mood.tv